When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Turn On The Jets Live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn On The Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co-host, Steven Russo. We're joined by a very, very special guest, second time on the show, Brian Costello of the New York Post. Brian, it's great to have you back. And Steven, it's good for you to finally talk to Brian because you weren't with us last time. Brian, how's it going? Good, guys. I'm in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So, guys, I'm, I'm tougher to get when I'm in New Jersey when I have two kids, a lot of stuff going on. But down here, I got nothing happening until tomorrow. <laughs> Steven, what about you? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Ex- obviously excited. Uh, first time talk with Brian. Brian, thanks so much for uh, for jumping on. But let's hit the ground running. So obviously this is uh, you've never had, we just talked before the show a little bit. You've never really experienced a camp like this with a guy of Aaron Rodgers caliber. So kind of what's the feeling? How's it been for you overall kind of witnessing? I think, you know, obviously all of us kind of see we think we see a rejuvenated guy, a guy that's really, truly happy in a better place and in a good spot and happy to be here. Is that what you're seeing throughout camp and what has his kind of presence meant to this team? And, and really, what's the general feel over there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've never covered anyone like him. I was around a little bit for Favre that year, but I wasn't the beat writer then. Um, you know, and I've covered a lot of guys where there was hope and there was excitement, right? Sam Darnold, Geno Smith, Zach Wilson, Mark Sanchez, there was a lot of excitement, you know, about those guys, and but it was all hope, uh, you know, this is like real, this guy's a resume and you, you know what to expect. And he makes throws in practice that make you say, wow, almost every day, uh, you know, him in the red zone has been something to watch. And he throws from all these crazy angles and, you know, you're like, where's he throwing the ball? You don't see the guy open and then all of a sudden the guy's open. So yeah, it's been fun to watch that. And, um, you know, the excitement around the team is more than I felt in years. Maybe 2011 may have been the last time okay. there was as much excitement, you know, because 2016 was a little bit, but I think still people had reservations about that team. But 11, you know, they thought that was, that was when the last time I remember people talking about the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's different and it's exciting. Um, you know, it beats some of the years I've shown up for training camp and been like, oh my God, this is. They might, they might not win a game, you know, 2017, 2013. I remember that feeling and they ended up winning a lot more games than I thought, but the beginning camp, there wasn't much hope. Uh, obviously this year, there's a lot of hope and a lot of expectations. Yeah. I mean, now, we're excited. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Steve, but I want to touch on specifically you said like watching him in the red zone, which in the last two years, I think we all noticed where Mike LaFleur had to get very like creative and almost gadgety, right. For lack of a better term yeah. in the red zone. And that was a big struggle of the jets. Like, what do you see that just kind of makes Aaron Rodgers stand out in that part of the field where it could be something that we could really see improve this year? There's no panic, you know, and he can throw from all these different arm angles. And, you know, down when you get in the red zone, things get a little 
tougher because it's just a smaller space. There's not as much space to operate. So the, you know, defensive backs don't have to cover 40 yards. They've got to cover 20 and uh, it gets harder down there, but you just see him. There's no panic. He, He kind of, just he can he can move slightly to his right, slightly to his left, and and find something. And like I said, there's times where you're like, wow, where is he throwing the ball? And then all of a sudden, the guy comes up and catches it. And the Jets the Jets are pretty good about tweeting out these these those those ones. You guys have seen it, I'm sure. In the beginning, you know, there's one to Garrett Wilson. I remember one to Corey Davis. Uh, he's hit the tight ends a bunch in the red zone. It just feels like those are the ones that really stand out to me. Those the, the way he operates down there. And if you look at the numbers. A couple of years ago in Green Bay, they were ridiculous in the red zone. Um, so I, I think I think that's going to be where you see a huge change. And obviously last year, all you have to do, like, look at the Minnesota game, right? They lost the game because they couldn't score in the red zone. And um, so, you know, they this year, I, this year, if they're in that situation, I think they win the game because I think they score some touchdowns there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that excites us because it was so painful to watch the offense, especially when Mike White was injured. And then we got down back to Zach and Strebler and whatnot. But I do want to go back to Zach because I feel like people have been talking about him improving this this offseason. Is that legitimate? Do you think he's actually improved from what you've seen in his first two camps? Or do you think it's just practice and you have to see it in a game? Um, I'd like to see it in a game, uh, to be honest, because, like, look, practice, there's no pass rush. right? You're never going to get hit. And Zach is a very, very, very talented guy, right? He wasn't the number two pick in the draft by accident, right? Like they, there's skill there. There's definitely skill there. The problem has been for him, some confidence issues, just kind of just operating the offense. So I would need to see it in a real game to truly believe it. Um, but there's positive signs. He's made some great throws in camp. He's had some good practices, um, you know, but again, it's, it's practice. Like I, I, I'm not one to breathlessly report what happens in training camp. I know others do. I know you guys eat it up, man. But like, to me, it's like, it's not real football. Um, it's just not. And it doesn't, I've been fooled plenty of times. Like I go back to like 2019, I think it was Ty Montgomery was here. It was like, Oh my God, Ty Montgomery is going to be this huge weapon. They're going to throw him to him all the time at the backfield. Like him and Le'Veon Bell are just going to combine for 2,000 yards. It's going to be great. And then he was a ghost when the season got there. Nothing <laughs> happened. Or to go back to Tebow. It was like that with Tebow. So you really need to see it in game. It's just different, different animal completely when the games start. Um, so I don't, this, I don't want to poo-poo the Zach stuff. He's definitely had good moments like it's he he i think i think he's relaxed that's right? good and i think he's got his confidence back just what struck me most last year because whenever zach struggled his first year and i'd say up to the new england game last year the second new england game he still was kind of defiant and cocky and not fake unfazed by it after the jacksonville game he looked like a beaten man like he was just shot and he had no confidence. Like they couldn't put him back on the field and he's back. He has the confidence again. You can see that. And I think, I think this was an ideal situation for him learning from Rogers and Rogers seems to have embraced it. So I do think it's positive around Zach, but I'd like to see it in a game before I say, Oh my gosh, yes, he's definitely improved. 
I was going to say, I feel like because they let go of Strebler, who is the preseason king, and they don't haven't gotten any other backups aside Boyle, they, they seem pretty confident to roll with him as the backup. Would you would you yeah. rule out a potential quarterback addition, or it's definitely going to be Zach? Oh, it's definitely Zach as the number two. I mean, they've said that since March, basically. They've been like, he's going to be the number two. Um, you know, he, it's hard enough. They knocked him off from being the face of the franchise, being the backup quarterback. You can't now bump him down to three. Like, he's better than Tim Boyle, too. He's just he is. He's better than Chris Strebler. You know, there's just there's no question there. I don't know if they'll add a fourth quarterback in terms of that. All that that would be would just be a camp arm. You know, yeah. just they decide. Hey, you know, because I've been surprised. Rogers has basically practiced every single day. You know, you use, you hear the term veteran rest day a lot. Like I, I was reading some of the Carolina coverage today, and Frankie Luvu, an old Jet, he had a veteran <laughs> rest day today. Like, so does do they get to a point in the summer where they're like, hey, let's give Aaron a few days off? They do stuff like that. You need someone to take the rep. So you, I, they could add a quarterback just for that reason, but it's not going to be anyone that's competing for a, a roster spot, I would think. Interesting, because that's been a question that Jeff fans have had, because, you know, if the season goes down the, the drain because Rodgers gets hurt, Zach is the guy again, and it's mm-hmm. like we're back in 2022. But <laughs> You know what, guys, though? Like, who do you want? Like, the backup quarterback thing is always like – it ain't good. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's barely 32 of them out there. There's barely 32 starting quarterbacks. Yeah, Never mind that's fair. Four. So, you know, there's guys out there that get you through a couple of games, but there's no – like if, if he's done for the season or something, no matter who you put out there, like it's 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 over. So, um, yeah, I think Zach is the backup, and I don't think there's any question there. And I think that's what leaves a lot of Jets fans scared, right? Is because I think at the end of 2022, Salah came out and said he really needs a true reset, mm-hmm. which, yeah, you said, you know, since March, it's kind of been like Zach is going to be the number two, but is that really a true reset? So I guess in your eyes, is this really a mistake going in there with Zach as number two? Because obviously as Jets fans and knowing the history, you know, he's probably going to play a meaningful snap or two at least, if not more, obviously. Yeah. So relying on him for that, is that a mistake in your eyes? Or is that something that, you know, you would feel comfortable rolling the dice with? No, I think you have to roll the dice. I, like They invested in him, right? They took the number – he's the number two pick. They can't just – I don't think you can just kick him to the curb. And if you, you make him the number three quarterback, that's what you're doing. You may as well yeah. just cut him. Like, I do think he needs to rebuild his confidence. And you're not helping his confidence if you're the, now the number three quarterback. And who are you bringing in? Like, do you want Teddy Bridgewater? Like, did, I think Detroit just signed him. Like – that was that was the option I think a lot of Jeff fans circled yeah. because he'd been on the team before for like yeah. a summer. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like I think part of rebuilding his confidence is letting them be the number two quarterback. And you know when Joe Burrow got hurt, he was like, "Who's the Bengals backup?" <laughs> right? Like you don't know who the backup quarterback is for a lot of these teams. And Jets fans saw it up close last year when they got a run of backup quarterbacks that they faced on other teams. Like it's not a good situation. There are very few good backup quarterbacks out there. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're fine with Zach. I, like, is he going to, you know, again, you're probably like, I think all these teams are probably screwed if their starter goes down for a long time. And I think you know, that would be the case with the jets, but maybe <laughs> Zach, maybe you can rebuild Zach and you're not going to, maybe you don't win a lot of games, but maybe you rebuild him a little bit, build up his confidence if he has to play next year. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I want to shift gears to the Hall of Fame game. I know it's not real football. It's, you know, it's a glorified scrimmage. But what was your biggest takeaway from that game? Because we did see a lot of the young players, specifically like Titman, Will yeah. McDonald, even Bryce Huff, which I want to ask you about that as well. But what was yeah. your biggest t- takeaway from that game? I think it was the rookies getting them time because um, 
one of the things about this roster is it's a lot better than it's been. And the rookies aren't getting a whole lot of time in practice. Like Will McDonald's a rotational player at defensive end, but Jermaine Johnson's in front of him. Carl Lawson's in front of him and JFM's in front of him. Huff is in front of him in some regards. So it's, you know, he hasn't gotten a ton of work. He got a lot of work in there. So you got to see him. Tipman, I know everyone's been freaking out about Tipman, right? <laughs> he, I think they're working him in slowly. And, but like that was a great game for him. He got to play the whole game. I thought he played pretty well when I watched the game back. Um, so I thought that was important. Uh, I thought Zach having a good moment and no bad, no really, really bad moments. I know he slipped on third down, but no, no horrible interceptions or, or stupid plays. I thought that was a big positive for him. He needs to keep stacking those kinds of games and just, you know, if he has one really good throw and just no big mistakes, I think that helps him. Um, I thought Izzy's speed, you know, that was on display, but I, I more telling than that was Salah's answer after the game about it. He, you can tell there's something missing with Izzy that they they're looking for. Cause he kind of said, oh, he has to learn, you know, you're not gonna hit the home run every time, just take the four yard gain. That was telling to me Salah wasn't praising him. So they clearly love his speed, but there's something missing there uh, in the game wise. So that was probably the biggest, you know, and, um, I never want to go back to the Hall of Fame game again. I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you're talking a lot about the young guys and the rookies, Cause Is there someone that we saw in this Hall of Fame game that you think may sneak on the roster that we could be surprised by? I'll go with Jimmy Moreland, guys, the cornerback. Um, I look at their cornerback depth. Obviously it's their starting cornerbacks are great, right? It's been well-documented. Those first three guys, I'll throw Michael Carter in there. They are the real deal, but past that is a drop-off. And Eccles is suspended for the first game. He didn't have a good game in the Hall of Fame game. No, he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Hall, you know, you've seen him. You know what he is. So, like, Jimmy Moreland's a guy, he just kind of shows up. Um, I wasn't at practice today. I was flying, but I heard he had an interception today. He just kind of shows up. And if he's – when I saw he intercepted Aaron Rodgers, my thought was – Hmm. he's on the field at the same time as Aaron Rodgers, right? So I don't care about the interception so much. Who, who knows what happened there? But that tells me he's playing important reps if he's on the field with Aaron Rodgers. So he, that's my kind of sleeper to make the roster. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think that position, is, is there's, there's not a lot of depth there. Interesting, because for me, I feel like Eccles and Hall are decent depth because in 2021 and even in 2020 for Hall, they actually had starting starting reps. So to me, yeah. yes, you don't want them playing, but at the same time, they've shown that they can at least contribute. Yeah, there was a reason. Role. There was a reason though that they went out and got Sauce and DJ Reed, right? No, of, was, course, of course. Right, right. But like oh, it was like remember like the, the entering that that offseason was like, ah, Salah doesn't like cornerbacks. Look at San Francisco. They just find cornerbacks. And we went to the senior bowl, and I remember talking to somebody from the jets at the senior bowl and they were like we we desperately need quarterbacks <laughs> like these guys just aren't aren't that good and yeah i do think i do think they could play like you're right they, they've shown that they can play but i don't know hall i remember hall came in the ravens game last year and gave up a touchdown the one play he played right um so i don't know i i would could see them looking for an upgrade over those two guys uh and, and especially Eccles now it complicates things. He's suspended for the first game. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. 
would you consider Brownlee a lock to make the roster based on his camp so far? Or are you not, are you not so sure about that? <laughs> no, not a lock. I, I, my joker, my joke in Canton was he was, I was asking, was he going to get fitted for his jacket while we were there or did he have to go back? <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, guys, you remember David Clowney, right? Like there's always, no, <laughs> there's a guy, like, there's a guy who pops in the training camp and you gave him a lot of money for, for an undrafted free agent. So, you know, they like him. They talked to, they said they were going to, they were going to draft him. but yeah, I don't think he's a lock. I think he has a good shot because uh, I'm not sure who the guys are beyond the, the veterans that are there. And they, they are going to need some guys to play special teams, but you know, if he makes a roster, I, I would keep expectations tempered. Like I don't mm-hmm. think he's, I don't think he'd play a lot of offense. So um, it's funny that you mentioned that because at the end of our last episode last week, we kind of went through some of the preseason uh, Hall of Famers. Like, you know, Clowney came up. Ryan Spadola was another name that we mentioned. So it's, I, I, I had a famous tweet about Ryan Spadola that people don't let me forget. I said he's going to come back to haunt the Jets. They caught him. I love Ryan Spadola. Yeah. As, as did I. I was heartbroken when they caught him. Um, but, Kaz, I want to switch gears a little bit here and, and uh, move to the trenches. So really – I think I want to ask you, A, how good can this defensive line truly be? And then B, how much of a concern is the offensive line? And how do you feel about or how, how do you feel that is going to end up shaking out come the opener against Buffalo? Okay, the defensive line, I think it'd be great. I think they'd be one of the best in the NFL. Um, you know, we saw it last year with what the Eagles did, how important that can be in today's NFL. So I, I and obviously Sala in San Francisco had that defensive line rolling and it was a huge part of their success. So I, I, I just I don't know how you keep all of them happy. And I've said this to Sala because I'm like, I, I don't know how, you, you know, and he he gives me coach speak. But like, I think I think it's gonna be tough. Uh, you got a lot of guys. There's a lot, especially defensive end, defensive tackle. I think it's not a, not that big of a rotation, but um, my only question on defensive line is stopping the run. I, I thought I thought losing Sheldon Rankins was a big loss. I thought that was a big loss for them. Al Woods obviously has got a good resume. He's older. Uh, we'll see. He's playing in a different defense than he's ever played in before. Quentin Jefferson, I don't really know that well as a player, so we'll see how how they fare against the run. That'd be my only question mark with them. But I think they're going to get after the quarterback pretty well. Uh, then on the offensive line, yeah, it's, it's the biggest concern on the team. Um, I, I just, there's some days I've watched where I'm like, oh my gosh, how, like, it doesn't matter if you have Aaron Rodgers, if this is going to be the offensive line, because he's going to be under pressure. Um, and really it's the tackles. I, you know, I, I think there's questions. Lake and Tomlinson didn't have a good year last year. Center, uh, Connor, I think Connor McGovern is, is serviceable and fine if you have, if that's who you're going with. And ABT has looked great. So he's the one guy you're not concerned about. But tackles, I don't know how this is going to shake out. You know, I think Dwayne Brown's going to be left tackle, but I need to see him on the field. And he clearly is worse than they let on, right? Mm-hmm. They were guys saying, oh, he'd be ready for training camp. And now it's we're deep in the training camp because they started so early and he's still not on the field. And I think saw also the other day, it's another couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So something's going on there. Um, he, he, he must have had – more medical procedures than we were led to believe. Um, so, you know, you, you need to see him, but I, I would pencil him in at left tackle, right tackle. I don't know. Um, Max Mitchell, I would have said, or Billy Turner, but they, either, neither one of them have looked good. I don't know if they can really roll into the season with them. Then Becton, I know everybody wants Becton, right? But like, <laughs> he's, to me, he's like a pitcher right now in baseball. It shows up at spring training. I used to cover the baseball. And you can't show up and throw 100 pitches, right? 
you got to build up. That's what they always say. You got to build up. So like the guys throw one or two innings, then they go three, four innings. Beckton hasn't gone past one inning yet, right? So like, <laughs> there's no way you can think he's playing 60 to 70 snaps against Buffalo on September 11th right now. He, he couldn't make through six six snaps the other night in the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. So you need to see it from him. Yeah, the talent is there. There's no question about it. He's the most talented guy out of the, that group. Um, but I just don't know if he can stay on the field. And I don't know if he can convince the coaches that, you know, that they don't trust him at all. Um, so he's got to win some people over and like, he's just, this, these preseason games are just huge for him. Huge. So actually I was going to ask this and then we have a comment here from Alex too, who's going to ask the same question. So Brian, is there any consideration here? Do you think from the coaching staff where if they truly want to put the five best guys out there, yeah. you start Dwayne Brown, if he's healthy, you have Tomlinson on the left, you do yeah. any combination of the three of Schweitzer, Tittman, and McGovern at center and right guard, and you kick AVT to right tackle. Is that? Do you think that's even on their radar at this point, or was that only last year when they were absolutely in in dire need of this? Yeah, they've been pretty adamant that they want AVT to stay at right guard. Uh, going back to March, I can remember asking Sala about it, and you know they say, "Oh, he can be an All Pro right guard. Yeah, um, he can be a good right tackle. He can be an All Pro right guard." But I would think about it. Somebody asked me who the best left tackle on the team is. I said AVT. I just think he's the best. I think he's the best offensive lineman. It's a good, it's a good and he answer. showed it last year that he can play everywhere, and he showed it in college he can play everywhere. So, yeah, be on my radar. Like I'd be thinking about it, but I haven't seen them do it in practice. Now, there are walkthroughs that we're not allowed at that mm-hmm. they do stuff. They can be doing stuff in secret that we have no idea about. Um, they did that last year with ABT, right? We did. We never saw that in practice. We in season we watch a lot less practice. But during like the warm-up periods, we never saw ABT attack. Well, they kept that under wraps. So they could be working on it without us knowing, but it, there's been no indication that they're going there. I mean, so Sala, a few weeks ago, I asked him about the offensive line, and he pointed to this week. He pointed to these practices and the practices against the Bucks next week as when they sort of had to sort things out with the offensive line and figure out what they had. So I think I think in their minds, like these, these two weeks are critical, and they'll probably reassess – at some point here and, and try to figure out, you know, what combination they're going to go with for the season. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that they know by now because they've, they, you know, they had an extra week of camp because of the, uh, because of the hall of fame game. But do you think there's a realistic chance that they trade back in, you know, basically right before cut day, or do you think he, he's like pretty, pretty locked into a roster spot? At this point? No, I think they could trade him. I think they could, you know, I think if they, they, I don't know what they get from him. Like, the, key, the problem with trading him, right, is the only way he's going to have trade value is if he actually shows something in the preseason. And if he shows something in the preseason, you want to say, all right, we're going to put him at right tackle. That's, <laughs> the, that's the dilemma there. But, like, you know, if, if they're just – if the choice is cut him or trade – like, I don't know if they can get anything on the trade. If, if, it's, if it's down to that, if it's pretty clear that they're going to cut him, I think it would be tough to get much for him. But I feel like you see all the time with, like, guys who are going to be cut that they try to trade him, and then you're yeah. like – well, they ha- how do they have leverage if a team goes, you're going to cut if you can't buy a trade, but then it's like the waiver period is really how you yeah. end up driving up some value, right? Yeah, like, you know, like Mims, you know, Mims, they got, you got something for Mims, but Mims has actually been on the field. Uh, the problem with Beckton is just not on the field. I just don't – and he does have a first-round pick contract. Um, I, I can't remember his, his exact money, but you're picking up that money if you trade for him. Um, so I just – I think he has to show he has to be on the field even for another team to be really interested, uh, you, you know, but – yeah, you do see guys get traded, uh, 
you know, so could they get a 2025 seventh round pick? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, like they're not going to get anything of value from a guy back then. Like that. someone told us said to me, oh, they get a fourth round pick. I'm like, you nuts? Like they would do that tomorrow. Yeah, like, <laughs> if they, they knew they could. They can't do that, you know. And um, so I, I think I think that they would try, but I'm not sure they'll be able to do it. That's fair. So who do you think the starting tackles are week one? Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I do think Dwayne Brown will be the starting left tackle. Okay, uh, I'll go Billy Turner as the starting right tackle. Oh. You're, you're making everyone who's gonna, who's watching this, who's going to be listening to this, so upset. That is just such an underwhelming option because we know he's not any good. I, I get it that like he has familiarity with Rodgers and they like they like the floor. It's a high floor, but the ceiling yeah. is so low. It's just like. I'd rather them just play Max Mitchell. I thought he was decent before he dealt with the blood clots last year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he's a tough one, right? Because here's what happens is when a guy when a guy plays who right, you have absolutely zero expectations for, right? He was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to play. They threw him in there. You grade him on a curve because it's like, oh, my God, he didn't. it wasn't a disaster, right? But I don't know how really good Max Mitchell was last year. I think he got kind of overstated because – there were zero expectations for him and the hall of fame game was not good. Um, you know, that was not good. I think, I think that was pretty well documented by everybody on jets, Twitter. I saw, you know, it wasn't good. So can he bounce back from that? Sure. But I don't, I just give, I think Billy Turner just has a little bit of an edge right now. As you can see, Car Fox commented, Billy Turner has no business taking up a valuable roster spot, <laughs> which I don't disagree with, but they need as much depth as possible because we've seen this offensive line just get absolutely decimated for the past few years. Yeah. But it's, they need, it's a little that, it's scary. That's the thing they need, guys, is just luck that they don't have injuries like they've had. I mean, it's year after year. Like Douglas, Since Douglas has been here, it's been incredible how many mm-hmm. offensive like I have it in my computer somewhere, how many offensive line combinations there have been. Like, it's amazing. Like, and if you look at like the end of the year, who the starting offensive lines are, it's just crazy. Like some it's, of the starting offensive lines. It's it's funny to me too because when Sala recapped the 2022 season and specifically the six game collapse, right? Like that was the one thing that he probably pointed to more so than anything else was the offensive line shuffle, the injuries they sustained, how you simply just can't win games when you have to hold up like that. Yet. Did they really do enough in the offseason to address it and to fix yeah. it when knowing you got Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously a great quarterback, but an aging one, your priority should be to protect that. So I really it's it's kind of perplexing for us as fans, obviously, that they didn't do more in the offseason and that they're kind of pressing I guess, on their laurels a little bit here. I guess when I when I I'll give you what I get when I press like what what, what would you have them do? Like yeah. another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So the draft, right? First round, they end up 15th after the Rodgers trade. Mm-hmm. I truly believe the only offensive tackle they really, really loved was the kid from Ohio State. Uh, yeah. No, Georgia, Paris. Georgia. No, no, no. Kid from Ohio Paris State. Paris, Paris Campbell. Paris, 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 Paris Campbell was here. Paris, Paris Johnson, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Paris Johnson. But he went to Arizona yeah. you know, way before their pick. I really think he was the only tackle they loved. They did not love the kid from Georgia. 
Like, I know that's a great story that Belichick screwed them, but <laughs> I don't think they were going to draft him. I, I just, I really don't. Um, so they really liked Paris Johnson, but they weren't getting him. You weren't going to trade up. I think he went sixth or seventh, somewhere around there. So, you know, I just don't know. And then free agency wise, if a guy's a free agent at tackle, there's probably a reason, you know, you could find one every once in a while. Uh, you know, I think Conklin worked out pretty well uh, when he was a free agent, but there are many tackles that become free. It's a position teams hold on to if they're any good. So I'm just not quite sure what they could have done. I agree with you. Like in, in on paper, it's like, man, yeah. they really didn't improve this position very much, but I'm not sure what they could have done. And like, if you look like it should have been, they drafted Becton in the first round. They drafted ABT in the first round. They signed Lake and Tomlinson to a monster contract. Mm-hmm. They take uh, Tipman in the second round, right? So they've. It's not like he's ignored the position since he's been here. He had like, you know, the previous GMs they never drafted. I remember Vlad Dukas was the last offensive lineman taken in the first two rounds until <laughs> Kai. So they've tried. He just it just hasn't worked. I mean, at this point, Becton should be the starting left tackle and. Tomlinson and AVT should be the guards, and then you'd have you'd have Tipman in center, and you'd be looking for a, one one more player. Um, but yeah. this hasn't worked out, so I yeah I just don't know what they could have done. Um, I don't remember the free agency class very well. Attack or what they what they should have done there. The one guy, Barry and Aaron Rodgers at that point. The one guy I think was like I think it was Orlando Brown who went to Cincy. That was the yeah. one guy, but I know he has injury history, and the Jets were like linked to him. But I don't know how serious that interest yeah. was. I'm not sure he would have come to the Jets either. Right at that point, Rodgers was still up in the air, probably right. So he went to like he went to Cincinnati. I think guys going to Cincinnati are thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he'd be the one guy. He'd be fair. That'd be a fair one to sign. Yeah. So you were mentioning how the Jets you never thought had like were realistically thinking about Roderick Jones. Is the Jameer Gibbs stuff real? Do you th- was that yeah. actually under consideration? Yeah, that's real. Yeah, they they love Jameer Gibbs. Um, yeah, they they would have taken Jameer Gibbs if he was there at fifteen, even with wow. Brees Hall. Yeah, they. So you know the new thing is like positionless football, right? Like, like, I think Atlanta is the trendy one to talk about that with right now with all the guys they've got. Yeah. I think they see Gibbs, they saw Gibbs as like a, just a playmaker. Um, just, and that's what I think the Jets feel like they're lacking still. And maybe they'll, they, they hope they get it when Hall comes back. But like, that was what Odell was about to me. That's what a little bit the Dalvin Cook stuff's about to me. It's not necessarily the position, it's adding another playmaker on offense. I think they feel like they need one more uh, guy. And uh, maybe it's Dalvin Cook. I don't know if you can rely, you can count on Brees being Brees when he comes back. So, but the Gibbs thing was real. I, I do think they would have taken him if he was there. Interesting, because that's not a guy that anybody thought the Jets would have taken. No. You know, leading up to the draft day, and then well, that yeah. report came out afterwards that that's who they wanted, and then he was picked by Detroit. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is like with Cook, it seems like this is like dragging out way longer than it needs to. I saw yeah. in the Athletic that the Jets are still interested in Zeke. Do you think that? That's a backup plan. Do you think they may just sign him in general, or is that nothing? I don't think the Zeke thing's real. Uh, I, I haven't heard that. I know it was reported. I haven't heard that really. And they were they were pretty emphatic in March, shooting that down. Remember, Salah said we like our running back room, and I mean that was what told us it was something different with Dalvin Cook because he didn't say that with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, the Cook thing is just money. Is like when does he come down? Um, right. I think he's a guy who was supposed to make. He was supposed to make $10 million, $8 million, $10 million this year and got cut. I think when he first hit the market, he was thinking, all right, I'll make the same amount of money. Uh, I think he's probably going to make $6 million, somewhere around there. And 
at some point he has to realize like that's his market and take the money. I, there's probably no rush for him, right? Like I, I don't think he's dying to get out in training camp practice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he probably can wait a week or two still and see what shakes out. And at some point I think his price just has to come down. And then, you know, we'll see what, what the offers are at that point of the Jets or the Dolphins or whoever else. So you talk about getting one more playmaker, and obviously I think that that market is kind of drying up, obviously, if not yeah. dried up. But I think, you know, if Breeze comes back and he's, let's say, 80 to 90% of what he was before he got hurt last year, and obviously Garrett Wilson is, is healthy and takes the year two leap that I think we're all expecting. Like, I think most Jets fans feel pretty good about the weapons that they have. You, you combine the running backs, the yeah. wide receivers, and the, and the tight ends, and hopefully Rucker kind of takes that uh, that jump as well and sees more playing time. But how do you feel? Uh, I mean, I feel like this show, you've kind of kicked us down a notch a little bit, which is Sorry, fine. Us, no, no, it's okay. You brought us back to reality because we're hyped up, obviously. But how good can these weapons be, especially with Aaron Rodgers at the helm? And then the follow-up question that I want to ask you, Brian, is I feel like as most Jets fans talk about the wide receiver group, Nicole Hardman is kind of a forgotten man. Yeah. Just what, can, what kind of dimension can he add to this offense? Like, Can he be that burner that really adds that? that that yeah. home run hitter uh from the wide right. receiver spot like that we're hoping for well that's the term home run hitters right when yeah. i'm talking about playmakers you know I, I do think they have a lot of skill players i think the tight ends are good the tight ends have been really impressive in training camp i think lazard brings something Corey davis brings something to the table um you know but home run hitter like you saw it with Brees last year. even like garrett is a great player great player Garrett wasn't like, oh, my God, once the ball is in his hands, he might score a touchdown. That's yeah. Brees, right? That was Brees. Mm-hmm. That was what made him. That's what killed them when he got hurt. They need a player like that, <laughs> right? It's just, and Garrett, I, Garrett Wilson is going to be great. He's going to have a ton of yards. He's going to make a lot of plays. But I just feel like they need one more mm-hmm. guy that's just a threat to go to the house every time. Hardman could be that guy. Um, you know, it just it didn't really happen in Kansas City. Like, he was more of a gadget guy. Now, they had Tyreek for most of that time, so they didn't need him to be. Uh, from what I've seen, he's a great yard after the catch guy. I, mm-hmm. I, and again, training camp, they're not stretching the field a ton. So, you know, but he obviously, they, I know they were thrilled when they got him because of the speed that he brought to the table. Yeah. So I do think, I mean, I think the offense can be very good. Could <laughs> you got Aaron Rodgers? That's right. Like he was good with slop and green Bay, uh, you know, at times. So, you know, the, the, the problem and I'm going to caution you now, Jets fans, right? It might take a little <laughs> while. It might take some yeah. time. Like, don't panic if they look, don't look good in the first two weeks because the preseason is done. You guys see it. Like, this used to be the teams got, got to play, you know, a little bit in the second preseason game. They played the whole first half, sometimes the third quarter. And the third preseason game sort of got their, their feet underneath them. And then the regular season was like two weeks after that. Now it's like they don't play at all in the preseason. Think about all the guys that are missing right now. You know, Dwayne mm-hmm. Brown hasn't been out there at all, offensive line wise. Uh, Garrett's missing some time now. Brees hasn't been out there at all. Um, Lazard missed some time, right? So they they like they need some time together to gel, and that might happen in the season. Um, this is kind of always what the, we saw with the Patriots, right? How many years did the Patriots start off two and two and have a terrible offensive showing, and I was like, ah, oh, that's it, they're dead. And then you looked up, and they were. 14 and two at the end of the year, they lose another game. And so uh, that could be the Jets, right? Like, I just think it might take a little time for the offense to find them, find itself, new coordinator, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces, but they could be good. And they can be good just 
with that quarterback, I, I don't really know that they can be really, yeah. really good. I, I think what you're talking about totally makes sense. But you have to remember, this fan base is starving for a winner. They're starving for the playoffs. I know. It's different when you're comparing to New England. I think Look, Tampa I'm Bay dreading, I am dreading September 12th, guys. I'm dreading <laughs> September 12th. Because whatever <laughs> happens, whatever happens in Monday Night Football, you guys are going to be crazy over the top. If they win and they beat the Bills, it's going to oh, that's it. 17-0, Super Bowl, here we come. No. <laughs> if they lose, the sky is going to be falling, right? It's, it's, it's like this every year on week one. This year is going to be on steroids, especially because they're the only <laughs> game that night. So Tuesday is going to be like crazy. I don't know where you get this idea. Yeah. I mean, please. <laughs> I think Jets fans are logical, level-headed, yeah, and we don't either hit the panic button yeah. or act like no. we're going to the Super Bowl after one game. What September are you talking 12th about? September 12th would be epic. <laughs> yeah. be, I told my bosses already. I'm like, I know, I know that day is going to be nuts. You, I'm sure you'll be on the fan. I'm sure that day talking Probably. about what you saw. <laughs> yes, yes. Too bad Joe B isn't on there. I know. I, I used to love when you guys would go at it. He would, he would go after you. He'd be like, because. You always yeah. defended Gase. You defend all you guys defended Gase way too yeah. early. Like we knew he was no good the second he got here. Like, all right, all right. Let's 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 oh, go. Oh, here we go. All right, here we go. Give me give me the team that Gase had. Give me you guys. We're talking about playmakers. Give me the playmakers that Gase had. It doesn't, but it's not, it's <laughs> the way the he operated. No, I don't care about the playmakers. He had Le'Veon Bell, who I think he misused. He he oh, was and trying to Bell then went to Kansas City. So Andy Reid misused him? No, but and then he went to Baltimore <laughs> and John Harbaugh misused him, right? <laughs> Lady no. Bell was done. Done. I wrote it in training camp. He was done. He could not gain a yard. He was okay. toast. Well, I know. In 2020, it seemed like Frank Gore was way better than him. I remember that. But yeah. my issue with Gase was the way he carried himself. And I felt that he always was trying to make everybody fit into his scheme versus Correct. scheming around the players. And that's a fair criticism. That's fair. That's fair. And that that's what it is. I get that's it. The fair. skill position I mean, players were Like, Bill Belichick wouldn't have won. With, with the 2020 team at all. Yeah, well, and the 2019 the, team wasn't as bad wasn't as, as bad. that team. The That's 2019 team had zero depth, and, like, Robbie was the – Robbie had chosen. Was the, he was the number one guy. He was, he was a decent wide receiver at that point. He was the number one. Mm. But, I mean, they didn't – like, Gase takes way too much crap from you guys. Like, way too much. But we saw he wasn't any good in Miami either. It's It's mm. not – we knew that it was just a bad idea. Like, it, I, I, I'll, I'll digress. <laughs> You're not going to be a Jets fan that's going to defend Gase. Not no, I one. no, I know it. Here's know. what I'll say about Gase, all right? And so, Joe, if, do, you, do you like Joe Douglas? I – Yes. Well, he's like I'm, – I'm neutral. Like, I don't dislike him. I don't love him. I, I think yeah. he's done good, but he's also – he, If he turns it around, though, right, you'll love him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. Yes, he has the better. Than he, I think that's yeah, Gase's Gase legacy, right? He brought Joe Douglas here, and Joe that's Douglas and we have to be thankful for that. Yeah, not be yeah. here in that case. I know you guys like the business side doesn't, but like the team president is here because of Gase. Yeah. So like the throwback jerseys and all that stuff that's going on with that. That's that's the, the guy that Gase put in that job. Like he basically, in a very short time, revamped the entire organization, and I think the there's there's been some tangible signs of payoff from the changes he made but i understand like he he carried himself terribly i can't defend the way he carried himself and like he, he had some major public relations disasters but i think he fact, did, he's a very he's a, he's a smart coach i i would agree and i think what we have to realize here is that listen we first of all 
the Gase thing, every Jets fan knew it was a, a mistake from the start. So we weren't going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He he couldn't operate with a clean slate in yeah. Jets fans' eyes. Either way, seeing and knowing what we know now, we endured two years of Adam Gase to get ourselves to Robert Sala, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Douglas, which I think is the best Jets chance to win a Super Bowl that we've had in quite some time, obviously. So you think about the alternative where I know mine was the was Matt Rule. Like he was going to be my I wanted him to be the higher. And you look how that turned out. Not saying that it would have been the same, but you know, you kind of say, okay, would I rather have Matt Rule and Sam Darnold or endure the two years of Adam Gase, get myself to this point. And I think I choose this path a hundred times out of McCarthy was the other one, right? That was who I wanted and I'm yeah, it was a blessing in disguise as well. Yeah. (laughs) I think the one I I were a column at the time, there were no good choices. Yeah. There wasn't one guy in that class that they interviewed. I'm like, oh, that's the guy, right? Yeah. And Beningo killed me because I called him, I called McCarthy a retread. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he is. He has a high floor. Like, you won't be awful, but he's not going to take you over the top. But, like, you also, like, I'll go, you know, whoever was there, you know, Sam Donald is a wonderful guy. I wish Mm -hmm. him well in San Francisco. I don't think he's the guy. Right. I just don't think you were ever going to really accomplish much with him at quarterback. They didn't give him much to work with. Obviously, it was well documented. So I, I just I think whoever was the coach would have really, really had a tough time um, in those two years. And then, you know, COVID added a whole layer in 2020. Yeah. The mess, too. That's and, fair. Yeah. I agree. And I don't want to digress any further. I will make this point is that I was dead because the McCarthy thing, I didn't want to retread. I was scared from Adam Gase. I will say the one thing where I was probably wrong was Doug Peterson, the same cycle that we, that we hired Sala. I was adamantly against Doug Peterson where seeing what he's done now in Jacksonville, I will admit that I was wrong because I think that could have ended up being a good thing. I, I think this, I'll say this about Doug Peterson it applies to Gase. It applied to Rex. It applied mm-hmm. to Mangini. Guys need a year off. When yeah. They fire. Hundred percent. Peterson took a year off. You get humbled, right? You get humbled. You start to go, "What? What went wrong there? What? What did I do wrong?" You might go visit some training camps, watch how other coaches do it. I think that is huge. And like, if if I ever advised a coach, right, like I'd be like, "Take a year off," because yeah. Mangini went right from the Jets to the Browns. It was like that day, and he went to the Browns. He did exactly the same thing he did with Cleveland. And then Rex, same thing. Rex went to Buffalo and did exactly the same because it was like, it's not me, it's them. Like that's yeah. how that's how they always feel. Adam did that, you know. There was not like I, I everyone talked about the eyes at the press conference. The biggest thing <laughs> to me with Gates at that press conference was he wouldn't say what he did wrong in Miami. Yeah. Wow, this guy yeah. doesn't think he did anything wrong. So like that, so I, I do think I think that's huge with the coach. And like if there's another coaching search at some point, that that's a big thing, is like just a guy takes a year off, you know, you saw it with Tom Coughlin. He talked about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that's a huge thing. You don't want to hire a guy who just got fired. That, that, I think that's fair. I think yeah. if they become a coordinator, it's okay. And then you can hire them after. But yeah, just yeah, they, again, they have to, they have to look inside themselves and go, what went wrong? I just, yeah. I think they need a year. I, I just don't like, you know, oh, this guy got fired. Let's hire him right away. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there's time to reflect on what went wrong. And I've run in, I've covered them and I know them when they leave, they're all like just really bitter about being fired. And uh, I think that kind of blocks them from growing as a coach. I think Rex was, and I think he's come around and realized that the Jets treated him well, but like in the mm-hmm. beginning he was very bitter, but I think now he <laughs> yeah. has a much bigger appreciation for the Jets organization and always is talking positive about mm-hmm. them, you know, on TV. <clears throat> yeah. So um, yep. 
Right, we really appreciate the time. Uh, we have one question from a comment, and then I have one more for you. So we have one question. What do you think of the current staff from John Ooh, Anello? Good question. Um, I think the defensive staff is really good. Uh, I think they're they're very good. I think they've got a lot of good guys. The offensive staff's a lot of new blood, so I uh, kind of want to see how it goes. I thought, you know, I thought Sal's biggest mistake when he got hired was so many first-time coaches. Right, mm-hmm. he was a first-time coach. He hires Lafleur as a first-time coordinator. I think there was five guys who might have been first-time position coaches at the time. Um, you know, I, I think Hackett. We'll see how he works out. It's going to be tough. He's got our Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how you screw that up, right? And I don't know how much credit is Nathaniel Hackett going to get. <laughs> like it's it's one. It's being a coach is a tough job, man. Because when you win, it's the players get the credit. When you lose, the coaches get the blame. So um, you know, I think I'm curious to see. I don't really know the offensive staff. I, I, I'm curious to see how they are, but I think there's a little bit more experience now. Todd Downing coming in, I think, is going to be an underrated move for them. Uh, that will help. Um, so, you know, the wide receivers coach has experience. He's, he's a little bit more experienced. I think the running backs coach is pretty good. Offensive line coach was in Tennessee. He has experience. So we'll see. Um, but I think the defensive staff is good. I think there's guys, I think you'll see if the Jets have another really good year, I think guys will start getting plucked off that staff, um, you know, for coordinator jobs. And maybe, I don't know. I, I, I've never heard Ulbrich being considered as a head coach, but I, I think he'd be, worth consideration if they have another great year defensively. I mean, he really turned that team around. It's tough when you're the coordinator and you're head, the same side of the ball your head coach came from, but I do think Ulbrich does a lot. Uh, it's not – he's not – Yeah. He's not uh, Casey Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> when when yeah. Todd was here, Todd did everything, or, you know, there was some – you know, Rex did a lot at times. Um, I, I think Salah does let Ulbrich do most of the defense. Himself. Yeah, it does seem that way. And I like that he's empowered both of his coordinators to, you know, really run everything on their side of the ball. But like, do you have any initial impressions of Hackett just based on talking to him? Because I personally think as bad as he was in Denver, he showed as a coordinator, specifically in Jacksonville and in Buffalo with mediocre quarterbacks, Blake Boros and Kyle Orton, that he can run an offense. So yeah, I get it. And I'm, I, I, def- I said that it was a good idea when they first brought him in before Rogers was even close <laughs> to a thing. I just think if you could make Blake Bortles look good, it almost get to a Super Bowl. You got to get some credit for that. And now he has a future Hall of Famer instead who he has a great relationship with. I, I I'll defend that. Yeah, the one year with with Jacksonville was great. Uh, I covered. I ended up covering that team in the playoffs, and they were impressive with Fournette, uh, you know, and Bortles. Um, you know, I always I, I used to make this comparison and get killed. I always thought Donald was Bortles, right? I thought that was like if, if he's if worse. You, I think if you surrounded Donald with the team that Bortles had in 2017, Donald could get you in the AFC championship game, right? So I remember when he got traded to Carolina, I was on a radio station in Carolina and I said that and they were like, Everyone just drove off the road. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think he deserves credit for that. And um, but it was one year, you know. There wasn't a lot of other success. Yes, he had a little success with Kyle Orton. Uh, so I'm I'm curious, but again, it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> just, yeah. just, and like, I hate being like this because this was always like, well, the, the you know, the, the Gates thing was always like, well, yeah, he won with Peyton Manning. He couldn't win with anyone else. So I sort of feel like it's like that with Nathaniel Hackett. It's either one of your was impressive. And, and um, Kyle Orton, like th- those guys are nothing. Like, I don't remember that Kyle Orton offense being incredible. Do you have the number? Like, what, what was it? No, but they won nine games. With, it was mm-hmm. Doug, it was Doug Marone. They still yeah, had Doug a good Marone. year. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were, 
No, I'm yeah. not saying they were like lighting the world on fire. I remember them. Happens. That was the team that destroyed the Jets in Detroit, right? Yes. yes. It was exactly. a bad night. Okay. It's very true. That was on a Tuesday night. I remember it was so miserable. Yeah, they the Bills hadn't practiced all week because they were in the blizzard. They hadn't practiced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shows how bad the Jets were that year. Yeah, I, I always reference that game because every once in a while what was Rex Rex killed. I think it was Salah when Salah lost the first year when they lost in New England, they got stopped. Oh my god. Come and Rex on. was like, I never had a loss oh, like that. And I'm like, uh, get I out of that one, you know. But no, I, I think you just have to go with the open mind with Nathaniel Hackett. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I, I, I have one. Yeah, I don't think the Denver stuff should play into this at all. It's a different job. He's a head coach. 100%. I, um, I don't think what happened there really bear, bears here. Like, you, you know, I, I but, you know, I am, you know, I, I want to see it. I want to see what he does. Um, and, yeah. you know, I think, and I think Downing's going to have a big role in this too. Uh, I don't know. Like, Downing's been calling plays in training camp at times. So, you know, they set out it's going to be, I think they said, so Hackett's in the booth. Hackett calls it down to Downing, and Downing calls it to Rogers. Which is that unorthodox? This stuff makes my head hurt. It's not like these guys do wacky stuff. Like you remember the Gase Loggins thing, like where they was like one was calling. I remember Rex used to do. I remember Rex had a thing where it was like one guy called it first and second down. One guy called a third down. One guy called red zone, and like you'd wonder like. How do they how do they have all these twelve men on the field penalties? And then you're like, oh, that's why. That's why. <laughs> that was the most frustrating thing about the yeah. wreck there. Yeah, because twelve men always. on the field. Four, there's like he four guys. So four guys was... calling out the defense, and so they'd like one guy would yell one one scheme, the other guy would yell another, and like they'd end yeah. up with twelve guys on the field. <laughs> I don't get it, but I mean, I don't get. It. I don't understand why one guy just can't call it into the quarterback, but. I remember the the Gase uh, press conference too, where he tried to explain the logins, yeah, and he couldn't do it. But he's like, guys, this isn't hard to understand. I'm like, well, I yeah, think everyone in this in this press conference got cross eyed. Yeah, he's like, no, no, he's like, Dallas called the plays, and we're like, Adam, we saw him on the sideline, like with the, he had like his hands in his pockets, like talking to some guy I've never seen before. He didn't even have like a headset on, like he wasn't calling plays. Like you can't tell me that. My favorite thing about Loggins, how he used to throw the challenge flag. That was like his whole oh, Yes, that was his job. <laughs> yeah. Really quick, Brian, before we let you go. Why was Bryce off playing so many snaps in the Hall of Fame game? I think Jeff fans were really pissed about that. Yeah, I asked great. Salah on Sunday. So he uh, they basically he basically said that someone had to play, right? They have they have all these defensive ends. They really don't have guys who are um they have young guys, but they have like Jermaine Johnson and, yeah. and McDonald played a lot. So I just think they, they, you know, they, they weren't playing. I think he said they've only played four defensive ends. So uh, I haven't, I didn't double check him on that, but I'm guessing McDonald played, Jermaine played, Huff played. Uh, who's the fourth that played? Do you guys remember? I can't remember, but um, it's probably somebody down the depth chart. But like yeah. he said, he basically said like, that's why he had to play. So. We'll see. I mean, it kind of was it weird to me. Like, I'm like, oh, they uh, would they think about trading him? Because he's a guy I think you could get something for. Um, mm-hmm. And they got a lot of guys. They got a lot. Like I said, a lot of guys to keep happy. But I'd be I'd be surprised if, still if they did something. Yeah, I want to ask you that. one more on that note, and it's just real quick, Brian. But Ken <laughs> Jermaine Johnson is he poised for a breakout year from what you've seen in camp? He is uh, again. No, I, I just how, how much is he going to play? Yeah, yeah. so like, is he, he's probably going to play 20, 25 snaps. Probably, I think. I, I think. Yeah, but he 
they, it sounds like they want to play him at linebacker. So maybe he play, they move him around a little bit. Cause he's like, you said position. I don't football. understand the linebacker thing though. Like you're saying like they, they're not going to stand him up. Like he's not going to be off the line of scrimmage. Like I haven't seen that. He's still in the line. Like, I, I don't like he's playing defensive end. I know he was like listed as a linebacker or something, but he's going to be an, an edge rusher. I, I don't see him go, going off the ball. Um, so, you know, I it, you can be productive. You can be very productive. Like, look, we all were like, oh, why is why isn't Quinn in play more? You know, that was mm-hmm. I, I still I still don't get it. And but like he was very productive playing the number of snaps he played. So they they feel like a guy has more energy. So he Jermaine, I, he's looked great in training camp. He's had a really nice training camp, and he looks bigger. I think he was a guy. Too that just you know some of these guys just need a year to, to figure out. And he was he was fine last year. He wasn't bad. When yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That one, that one play against Buffalo when he stopped Josh Dude. Allen on yeah. a scramble that was like his biggest play. And it was a huge what play they, in that game. What they drafted him for? Yeah, he's yeah. very talented. So yeah. I, I think um, you know, and Lawson right now has got back tightness. Who mm-hmm. knows if that lingers? So I, I do think I think Johnson's a guy. Yeah, he should have a big role this year, much bigger yeah. than last year. Yeah, I mean, look, we all are excited about that defensive line, and you know, but at the, we want to see touchdowns. We no no touchdowns the last three games of the season. We want you know a few touchdowns in week one and so on and so forth. But uh, Brian, thank you again for joining. Make sure to follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Cause. Make sure that you're reading his stuff on the post, and also tune into his podcast Gangs All Here with Jake Brown. Brian, it's been awesome. We really appreciate Thanks, you guys. Time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hope I yeah. wasn't too much of too negative. <laughs> I feel like anything you say right now. No, is negative, I right? think honestly, I think we needed it and it's, it's good. It's you're, you're, you're there and you're obviously giving us the, uh, the real look at it. So that's great. I do. However, your, your gay standing was, a little I know, bit big, I know. but Hey, that's all right. We all have our flaws, right? The, the good news is that in 40 minutes, you guys will get to watch hard knocks and feel great about the team. Cause that they're, they're not going to spotlight anything negative there. So yeah. I feel good about it. We're excited. That's, I don't know if that's true. They might try to create some drama. They they try to do a little bit. The Jets but, have the Jets have final say over what's on Hard Knocks. You guys okay. know that, right? So the Jets get to watch it. Like the Jets watch it. The, and not. I like, didn't know that. Yes. So they the Jets have final approval uh, on what I think it's a kind of a negotiation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's going to be nothing on there the Jets don't want on there. Okay. Fair. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Make sure to yes. subscribe to our show on YouTube, youtube.com slash at BadlandsTOJ, Apple, Spotify, you know all of it. And also, don't forget to subscribe to Badlands on Patreon, and we'll talk to you guys next week.